What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, what is good? What's happening? It's your boy Rico back at it again. Welcome to another edition of the Rico Report. And you know what it is, the Buffalo Fanatics. Folks, what's up? What's happening, man? Super Bowl done. We got a champion. And it's the Kansas City Chiefs once again. Another Super Bowl under Mr. Pat Mahomes. And a well-deserved one. Well-deserved one. And <clears throat> there's a lot to take away from this game as a Bills fan, as an NFL fan. But altogether, man, I got to give a shout-out to everybody tuned in right now. I know it's the offseason. What's up to my man, Don Trotman? Don, we got to get into draft talk soon, bro. I don't get into draft talk this early, but we're going to start to talk about it very shortly because y'all know what it is, man. It's uh, draft season is coming upon us soon. But uh, free agency is what we got to talk about, but that's going to come in shows later. But I, I, this one's going to be a short one today, and I always say this, but this one's going to be a short one. We want, I just want to kind of recap this, this Super Bowl game. What Bills could learn, what Bills fans could learn from it, what our coaching staff can learn from it, and, and just straight observations that we made. There were some observations made, and you're like, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to just say this. Last year, <laughs> what's up, James? I see you, James. Last year, I was very confident that had we passed the Chiefs, had we beaten the Chiefs, we would have won every one of those games and won that Super Bowl. Seeing what I saw on the on the field, seeing what I saw previously from the games before, I was like, yo, the Bills, listen, we, we could be there. When I was watching these teams play this year, I was like, if my, my team was here, we would not be able to compete like this. We wouldn't be able to keep it like this because we we – we weren't a whole, we weren't a complete team, a complete enough team to compete the way these two teams played yesterday. And you guys might say, ah, I disagree with you, Rico. And that's fine, you can't. But if you look at the totality of what we've had, I don't think we would have been able to compete. And I, and I, and we beat, obviously we beat the Chiefs before, right? But you guys know what happens when, when playoffs come about, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game. So, um, but I mean, we're going to get into that. There's a few things I've learned in this game, but Going back to this game, man, this was a high-scoring game. 38. What's up, Craig? I see my man. My father-in-law's in the room. We'll still look to you, my man, Craig. What's happening, brother? Um, let's let's just go with the Chiefs right now. And Pat Mahomes was – he wasn't the, the Pat Mahomes that we're used to with 350 yards, four touchdowns, because that's a good damn Eagles defense. That's a very good defense uh, from the Eagles. But Pat Mahomes was still efficient on a bummed knee. Or an ankle, whatever you guys want to call it. He went 21 for 27, 180 80 yards. We're not used to those type of numbers, right? But he was still efficient with three touchdown passes. Now, granted, he had some great field position. But nonetheless, capitalized, right? And we'll go through the team stats because that's what's going to show you a few things that stood out. And I'm going to go through my, my five points of what, to me, stood out in this game. But Pat Mahomes, three touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. He had a 96 QBR and a rating of 131. Solid. You get you like listen, MV Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. And not to not to boot, he had six six carries for 44 yards. And those are exactly what Josh Allen will do. Right? The difference between those two quarterbacks is they don't do design runs for a guy like Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes will run when things completely break down. That's when he takes off, right? 
but a, a, a planned run, very rare where they do a we're gonna we're gonna boot you. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Now, two different quarterbacks in terms of stature, you know what I'm saying? Very different, but nonetheless, he had, he had what uh 44 yards rushing and a key 26 yard run. That was huge, right? But the run game, let me talk about it, man. Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco is the freaking real deal, man. He's not a big boy, not a big boy, but he runs like he's a big boy and has 4-3 speed, and it was on display, and they didn't care whether he was six years in the league or he was a rookie. They did not care. They put him in the game. 15 carries, 76 yards, five yards a pop on an Eagles defense, mind you, a very good Eagles defense, and scored a touchdown with a, with a nice 24-yard run uh, long that he had in that game. He had a nice breakout to the left. Solid. Isaiah Pacheco, they got a nice back uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs for years to come. I mean, at least the next four years until this decides to do what they want because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is probably going to be most likely on his way out and looking for a new team. And that's how quickly you know, things change in the league, right? You're one of the better backs in the league that can run ball, catch the ball out of backfield, and now you're probably looking for a new home. And that's why, and I, I hate to hear it, but they say that running backs are a dime a dozen. Well, that in that regard, it proves it. But anyway, nonetheless, the fact is they ran the ball 26 times, 150 yards rushing, 158 yards rushing, six yards a pop on an Eagles defense, a very good defense. So shout out to Andy Reid and Andy and, and obviously Eric Bieniemy that had a very good game plan going up against the Eagles, a great game plan, mind you. All right. By the way, shout out to everybody tuned in right now. I know it's the offseason. A lot of people think, hey, it's over with. I'm going to move on and, and just wait till the season starts again. And, I, and listen, totally respect it. And those that are here tuned in, coming from Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, salute to you guys. Let's keep it rolling. All right. Uh, so the run game for the Kansas City Chiefs was solid. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. But here's the big one, man. They, they spread the ball decent to the players that, you know, it's, it's not like they, they had a heavy volume to one player specifically. I mean, Travis Kelsey is their main guy. Six, six receptions for 81 yards. And a lot of that came in the first half. A lot of that came in the first half uh, and did most of the damage in the first half, but caught all six targets. He had a nice, beautiful ball coming from uh, a struggle ball. Excuse me. I'm not going to say beautiful. It was a struggle ball where Pat Mahomes is ta nearly tackled, <laughs> tosses it out, and your reliable receiver slash tight end, one of the best in the game, Hall of Famer for sure, just grabs it just before it hits the turf. And keeps it going. So you gotta give you gotta give these guys credit, man. Travis Kelsey was was awesome as always. Juju Smith Schuster, I'll talk about the drama with him. Um, seven reception, fifty three yards. He showed up, and then I mean the rest of the, the rest of it is you know two receptions, three receptions, and one reception all the way through. But here's the deal, though: having play callers that can scheme players in right positions and the right time to make their plays, it matters because there were three touchdown passes thrown. In this game, one to Travis Kelsey early in the game, and then you had one to Kadarius Tony with one reception all game long, and then you had another one to Sky Moore, one reception all game long, but they counted because it was in the red zone. Red zone touchdowns matter, and that's exactly what you saw uh, in this in this upcoming game, uh, in the game that just passed, right? Having an offensive coordinator that can see something from weeks ago and say, we're going to come back to that play, and we're going to make it work, and it did. So shout out to Eric Bieniemy because that was all him, but we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But uh, 
Kansas City Chiefs, man, uh, 21, 21 receptions with all their guys, but their main culprits in this game were Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, the, he leaned heavily on those guys. Nine targets for Juju, uh, six targets for Travis Kelsey, and, uh, I mean, the rest is history, right? Um, defensively, Nick freaking Bolton, the Missouri linebacker. I think he's, he's second year in. Man, this guy... Not only in this game, but he's been solid since his rookie season. This, this Nick Bolton is going to be a freaking problem, man. Hits like a ton of bricks, and he's he's a sideline to sideline type of guy. Is he great in coverage? Not really, not so great in coverage. Um, but what he he makes up for it in his sure handling of tackling and just diagnosing plays, man. Uh, he's solid for them. He is a special freaking player. That freaking Nick Bolton is a problem. He had nine tackles, eight of them solo. And uh, obviously he had that returned uh, fumble for a touchdown, uh, which was to me, that was the game changer. Um, although the Eagles still, it didn't really affect them uh, because they stayed with it all game long. But like that right there kept the Chiefs in it because had they gone up and scored, maybe it's a different ball game on that drive. But then obviously the fumble happened and there it is. I mean, I think that was one of the plays that kind of turned things around. But um Willie Gay saw the saw the linebacker Justin Reed, Legarius Steed, young young corner, um, defensive back. These guys got they got a good squad, man. They got a good squad, and and here's the thing: a lot of us thought, man, these guys ain't gonna make it back. These guys ain't gonna make it back. They make it back. They lost Tyreek Hill. That was their main reason as to why they're successful because he takes so much, puts so much pressure on a defense. And guess what? It didn't matter. It didn't matter, man. When you have a solid play caller solid head coach and you got a franchise quarterback everything is possible right your window remains open no matter what build around your team but your quarterback's got to have it your quarterback's got to have it and the beautiful thing about this whole situation is the bills as a bills fan talking as a bills fan we know our quarterback has it right so we just got to build the right pieces around our it quarterback our franchise quarterback and i think that we'll have time uh, we'll time to do it but we'll talk we'll talk more onto it We'll talk more onto it. Um, but for the most part, man, this was this was a fun game to watch. We saw some good things. Um, and uh, we'll, there's going to be things that we'll break down all offseason. But in this show, we'll try to break a little bit down as well. Uh, my man, Reese. What's up, Reese? Reese comes in with a, with a comment. Says, hey, honestly, I'm not even excited for the next season. We have no chance in going to the Super Bowl until at least Frazier is gone. Our supposed top defense fails constantly in the playoffs. Man, let me... You're speaking off emotion, number one, which I don't blame you. I don't blame that you're speaking off emotion. You're speaking off of recency bias, if you will. Um, but we are still good enough uh, to, you know what I'm saying, make it to playoffs. And then from there, this is where we have to have the quality players uh, to do what we do. But keep in mind, right, let's keep it a buck here. Let's keep it all the way a buck. And I don't care if it sounds like it's, a, it's an excuse or not, but... This team originally was built to win the Super Bowl. We And a lot of people want to get on Brandon Bean. And I have my criticisms for Brandon Bean. Don't get me wrong. I got my criticism for Coach McDermott. Don't get me wrong. I have my criticisms for this team. You guys have heard me say it multiple times. However, however, I got to say this. However, and it's very clear. I need to make myself clear when I say this, right? Um, what more do you want Brandon Bean to do? Seriously, think about it here. What more do you want to do? It's not like he's just willy-nilly and just, 
just not trying anything. We, we noticed that we lacked a pass rush last year, right? Man, we couldn't stop Mahomes and we couldn't get after Mahomes and we this and we that and we couldn't. What does he do? He goes out there and spends a boatload of money on Von Miller, right? So Von Miller gets brought in and we are looking like a different team when Von Miller's on the squad. Have, did we not? Did you not see the proof in the pudding? It was there. We were a different team. And he gets hurt. How? Like, what you going to do about that? There's nothing you can do about that. He gets hurt. All right? We lose Micah Hyde. We had the best, we, to me, we had the best safety tandem. You button up that back end of that defense, there's not a whole lot you can do. You can allow more freelance play from your corners and, and blitz packages, but when you lose a special key player like Micah Hyde in the backfield, it changes things. Now you can't be as aggressive as you'd like to, especially now that you had a pass rush that you can kind of get away with it, and then you lose it with Von Miller, your best pass patcher, your best twitch speed guy around the back end, on the, on the front end. So there's not a whole lot you can do with that, right? So it's not for a lack of trying from Brandon Bean. It's just that shit happens. You have big-time injuries to key players, which put us in this position. And this is not cap. It's the, it's the facts, right? Von Miller going down hurt. And we, we realized it way more down the stretch in the season because that's why we really needed him to be the closer. So when teams start figuring things out and, and seeing, you know what I'm saying, tendencies from teams, this is where your elite player takes over. It doesn't matter what you scheme. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm him. I'm going to make a play no matter what. And a guy like Von Miller is that guy. You can scheme all you want, but he's going to get his. But when he's down and he's not in the game, it's a whole different ballgame. You got young guys on there. You got Greg Rousseau that's still finding his way. That did still have a solid year. You have a Boogie Basham that is more of a depth depth player, but he was in his second year. So we don't know what it's going to be like in his third year coming up, right? But we didn't really have that twitchy guy around the bend and get after it. We didn't. It's just the, it's just facts, and that's why we lacked that pass rush that we didn't have. We didn't have that guy to button it up in Micah Hyde, right? We had to go through a slew of guys: Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson. Like, let's keep it a buck here, right? Dean Marlowe, like, we had to really rotate on that back end, right? And Poirier was banged up all year long. So we had some guys banged up. So, like, if we stayed healthy and if we had everybody, could we have to compete? Heck, yeah, we would have competed for sure. So to blame uh, if we had a better defensive, nah, fam, like, the pieces got the pieces got to work. The pieces matter, man. When we put out, when we go out and get guys to be a, a difference maker and they're, they get hurt, you got to pivot, but you know what I mean? On the back end, in the depth department, it doesn't match up to a guy like Von Miller. What you going to do? You know what I'm saying? So uh, to me, the way I look at the situation is, is we can blame X, Y, Z all we want, but when injuries happen, it changes everything. Now, do, do injuries happen to everybody? Heck yeah, they do. To key players, you know what I'm saying? On the defense. I don't know. I'm, I don't pay attention too too much to to other teams, but like losing your best defensive end, losing your one of your key players on the on the back end of your defense, it makes a difference. It pay, it makes a huge difference. But anyway, I don't want to go in on my man Reese, but he made a good. He, I mean, I respect what he had to say. I respect what he says, but I, I disagree with that. But anyway, um, nonetheless, Chiefs Chiefs put out a good game plan. They really put out a good game game plan. A being they made key plays when they needed them, and the big one was the what a 67 yard punt return 
from Cardarius Tony, 65-yard punt return from Cardarius Tony. That was huge. That was huge. That put him right in the red zone. That was a key pivotal moment in that game, and it kind of flipped the script um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So kudos to them, man. And uh, they did what they were supposed to do. They did what, what they were supposed to do. Now, the losing team in the Eagles, valiant freaking effort. Now, this fucking, this, I don't want, I didn't even want to cuss it. I didn't even mean to cuss there. But this, this Jalen Hurts cat, yo, this guy's legit, man. Jalen Hurts is the real deal. He's legit. The guy is poised. He doesn't panic. He's, he's level-headed. He ain't too high. He ain't too low. You can just see it on the field, man. He oozes that. You got his head coach. I don't know what the head coach is doing. I don't know if he's flipping the bird or whatnot. And he was like, yo, coach, relax, man. Yo, chill out, chill out, chill out. Right? Hurts is the real freaking deal, man. I didn't realize how, how great a statistical game he had until I was talking to my brother. And we were just going over the game and talking about it. And here he is with a 27 for 38, 300 yards passing. Eight yards of pop. He had one touchdown pass, zero interceptions. He got sacked twice, and then obviously that, that fumble that slipped out of his hand and had a 79 QBR with a 103 rating. 300 yards passing, one touchdown pass, a nice bomb to um, a nice bomb to, uh, what do you call it, A.J. Brown. Down the sideline, that was a beautiful ball. Good, and he trusted his guy one-on-one. I don't care if he's double-teamed or not. I'm going to him. I made that point for a reason, but let me just continue. Jalen Hurts also had 15 carries for 70 yards. Does that remind you of anybody? Just saying. 70 yards, 4.7 yards a pop, three touchdown runs. This guy was just unstoppable, man. Like, he's legit. He's legit. Now, the only thing I have to say is, bro, you, you have one last opportunity to give your team a 50-50 chance of, you know what I'm saying, like a true Hail Mary, and you throw up one of them lame-ass duck passes, fam. <laughs> nah, and you didn't really have anybody on your ass, man. You had no, no pass rush. You got to heave that thing. Heave that thing. And this is where a guy like Josh Allen, you give that boy an opportunity, he'll heave that. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, <laughs> different types of quarterbacks, man. But – Nonetheless, Jalen Hurts was, was a star, man. A star is born in Jalen Hurts, man. Real talk. Uh, that team going, what, 14-3? and three, And having Jalen Hurts as their quarterback, and they got their guy for a long time. Kudos to them. Uh, rushing, obviously, he was their leading rusher with 15 carries. A lot of those came on, you know what I'm saying, those third and ones, those short, those short gains. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, seven carries, 21 yards. Miles Sanders, non-existent, seven, uh, seven carries, 16 yards. And uh, Boston Scott, three for eight. But they ran the ball 32 times. Obviously, 15 of those going to Jalen Hurts. So, and here's, this is funny, though. They, they use Jalen Hurts the same way we use Josh Allen. But, like, we get on, we get on the bills for putting so much on Josh Allen. When you see this, this brother going for 300 yards passing and another 70 yards rushing. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you got to do what you got to do with the type of back that you, the type of player that you got. That's why I made the comparison between Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. They're not the same type of quarterback. You can do design runs with a guy like Josh Allen. You can do design runs with a guy like Jalen Hurts because they have that athletic ability, natural athletic ability to do those things, right? So, but real talk, Jalen Hurts, 
this guy's solid, man. Solid. Anyway, 32 carries for the, the Eagles, 115 yards. They were like just shy of four yards a pop. Um, but it mattered most in the red zone. That's where it mattered most because they punched it in. They got three touchdowns in the red zone. Obviously, um, all three of them coming from Jalen Hurts. Real talk. Anyway, um, but big, big for them. And this is where, as a Bills fan, you're like, man, we just need that other piece to step their game up um, and really do some. Devontae Smith, receiver two or 1A, whatever you want to look at it, seven receptions, 100 yards, 14 yards a pop, and he was getting after it. Nine targets, seven carries, uh, seven receptions. A.J. Brown, eight targets, six carries, six receptions for 96 yards. So both those boys just had shy of 200 yards receiving, um, and they had both 14 yards a pop and 16 yards a pop, and a touchdown for A.J. Brown. And not only that, Dallas Goddard got in on the action with six receptions for 60 yards. So, like, those boys, they, they showed out for their guy. They showed out for the guy. And this is what I'd like to see for the Bills, where it's not just Stephon Diggs that's showing out. It's not just, you know what I'm saying, the one guy where they can say, you know what, let me take away Stephon Diggs, and it's going to be a problem because nobody else is going to step up. Well, you can't take away Devontae Smith because A.J. Brown will go off on your ass. Well, you just can't take away A.J. Brown because Devontae Smith with his speed will go off on your ass. And then you got a, a reliable tight end in Goddard that does work. So, like, you got to give these guys some credit. You got to give these guys some credit uh, for how they utilize their guy. And this is where, you know what I'm saying, Brandon Bean has to, and this is where the criticism, criticism comes in. You got to get the right pieces for your team, man. We need that speed. We need that speed to help out, to to force these 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 teams to kind of like hey i can't take away my man digs and then these guys are done because there's only four routes that <laughs> you know what I'm saying gabe davis can run so we he's limited we already know we can we can bottle him up and then dawson knox depends on if they scheme him open or not it's it's one of those it's just one of those situations right so i hope that we know what we need to do in the offseason to really take that step by watching both these teams Take take full advantage uh, of each other, really. So, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Garter, between those guys, twelve. They had what eighteen receptions between those two guys. Nineteen receptions, excuse me. Yo, good on them, man. You got to give them mad respect. Good on them. So that's dope to see. I got a super chat coming in from my man James. What's up, James? My fellow Canadian. What's happening? He goes, Rico. Would you take Bienemy over McDermott uh, for head coach? No, I would not. I really, I really do like McDermott. Despite, you know what I'm saying, some of the issues that people want to talk about with McDermott. And I like him because he, they, the guys, they respect him. He's a well-respected coach in the locker room. They love what he does. Um, and they, they fight for him. They fight for McDermott. And that's what I like. Not that, not that they wouldn't fight for Eric Bien-Aimé, um, But, like, forget about, like, forget about the skill that Eric Bien-Aimé have because he does have skill. But this brother has interviewed for it's not like he's never gotten an opportunity to interview he has interviewed and interviewed and interviewed and just something isn't ringing something isn't hitting i have nobody can answer the question as to why it's not hitting nobody has come out and said well this is why he didn't get the job with us because you don't want to do that you don't want to do that you don't want to come out and say well as a as a gm or as a as a as a you know owner of a team if you sat in on the interviews you don't want to be that that person that comes out and says, well, he didn't get the job with us because he 
X, Y, and he did this, and he did that, and he did that. Because you know how that happens. It's like a, it's like if somebody says this, everybody's just gonna back up. Like, yeah, that's exactly why we didn't hire him. And then he's like unhirable. So that's one way of looking at it. At least that's the way I look at it. So I think a lot of people are staying mum, and whoever's ready to hire him, go ahead and do it. He has an opportunity right now to get a job with the Commanders as their offensive coordinator. I mean, they just they just had an interview with Greg Roman, and potentially Eric Bieniemy has an opportunity to leave Kansas City and go to the Commanders. And if he does, kudos to him. Maybe he can, you know what I mean, salvage something and get these guys going. But this whole, out of why he's not getting a job. I mean, listen, you just had a two, the coordinators. You had a defensive coordinator for the Eagles just that just got a job that the enemy coached against and lit his ass up. And now he's, and this very coach is getting a head coaching job. So like, who knows how that plays out, man? A lot of politics uh, surround these things. But I mean, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? But anyway, um, Long story short, man, these the Eagles Chiefs game, great game, solid game. Um, and uh, obviously people are very upset with that that call from the ref. But to me, right call, unfortunate timing, but it's the right call. If it's blatant and the ref sees it, it's right there. You can't just you can't just turn turn your head and not look at it. It's right there. It's 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 instinct, right? As a referee, it's instinct to just, you know what I mean? You see something, you you pull your flag. And and it was it was a it was a hold straight up and down. It wasn't a pass interference, but it was a hold. He tell he tugged his jersey, and a lot of people want to say, yeah, but you don't make that call at that time. And when the matter the game matters, man, bump all that, man. When you're a ref, you're a ref. You got to make the call. It sucks. You know what I'm saying? Don't hold. <laughs> it's that simple. Don't hold. And then when you go and ask the player, hey man, Bradbury, what happened on that play? Did you hold? Yeah, I did hold. It was my done. Case closed. Case closed. You don't call that right there. He held. He held. And that's what happens. And it wasn't the first time he held because he did the very same thing and he nearly turned Juju Smith-Schuster all the way around. So was it was it a uh, timing of the call? Was it horrible? Yeah, it sucks that it was that it was crucial because that's what pretty much iced the game for the Chiefs. But it is what it is, man. The call was made. I sat, I sat with it and I was like, I was good with it, man. It was a good call. He held him. Straight up, call the flag. It's over with. And there you have it. You know what I'm saying? Next time you know not to hold. Trust yourself. <laughs> it's just what it is, man. And guys that normally hold will get caught eventually. And here's another thing too, right? You got to make makeup calls. There are moments. I don't know who, what clip I was watching. Oh, it was Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was talking about um, Deshaun Watson. Uh, they're playing the Browns. And Deshaun Watson came through and... He absolutely got just his helmet ripped and they brought him down. And there was no other way to explain how he got flipped around the way he did. It was a clear face mask and it's a call the refs missed. So you can't tell me refs don't make makeup calls because they do. Yo, I missed that one, but I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to, you know what I'm saying? Like make up that call somewhere else where it evens it out, evens the playing field. Now, do I agree with that necessarily? Make the right call right off the bat instead of having to do a makeup call. But in all refing, you have makeup calls. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it happens. And here's another thing, too, right? To get on these refs all the time, it's not like there's one single ref making the calls, right? There could be a ref on that fly, on that side that made a call or did make a call, and you have one guy on the other side that makes a call. That's They, they see things completely different. So it, it, in refing, like on the soccer field, you have one main ref, but you have linesmen. 
and linesmen might see certain things and might, some linesmen might not, right? There's different eyes and different perspectives on, on all fields, right? I mean, I don't watch hockey, but I'm sure there's not just one ref. There's like three of them on the ice. So like there's so many moving pieces and, and perspectives. It's, it, it's people make it seem like roughing is so damn easy. <laughs> Man, put yourself in that position and see how well you do in roughing. You know what I'm saying? It's a tough gig, man. It's a tough gig. They get paid well. They get paid well. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's tough nonetheless, right? When to make the call, when not to make the call. If you see something blatantly, what do you do? Listen, it is what it is. The ref, the ref made the call, and it is it's that's what it was, right? So last but not least, I wanted to kind of look at the team stats and what made this this game matter, right? And here's the deal. And it ties into my five reasons, five observations I made this game and what we can take away as a Bills fans, right? So looking at this, look like looking at this uh this big time play. It was third down efficiency. Both teams were solid, right? You had the uh, the Chiefs were fifty percent from the third down, uh, third 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 down. You had um, the Eagles were eleven for eighteen on third down conversion, right? They went two for two on fourth down conversion. So they were they were making their plays. They were making their plays, right? But all the things that stood out in this game were two things, two major things, and it goes into my notes as well, right? Red zone offense matters when you get in the red zone you've got to you've got to make your plays and both teams were solid in the red zone the and it just happened to be that one team made one more play than the other and that's the that's the uh and that's the chiefs they went for four for five in the red zone four for five in the red zone 80 percent and then you have the red zone for the eagles and went three for five so they were solid in the red zone Nonetheless, it's just that one team made more plays than the other. Red zone offense matters. You've got to have that. And in terms of penalties, there were nine penalties called all game between both teams. Nine penalties. There's games where we've had nine penalties ourselves, shooting ourselves in the foot with lack of discipline, right? So all those things matter. And here's a big one. 35 minutes of time of possession for the Eagles to the 24, right? The Eagles had 72 plays. They had 72 plays as opposed to 53 plays from the Chiefs. So the Chiefs were pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, field, field position mattered in this game for the Chiefs. But 72 plays and 35 minutes of time of, time of possession, those were huge. Those were huge, man. And, and get, look at the score. 38 to 35. Close as can be field goal. And shout out to Nate Burleson. I don't know how the hell he this guy called it. He said MVP is going to be Pat Mahomes. The score is going to be 38-35. And Andy Reid is going to have one of the best games of his career. Bing, bang, boom. Done. You know what I'm saying? So now it plays out to what are the five observations I made in this in this game? What stood out to me? And um, how does this how does this play out for Bills fans? Well, number five. I'm going to go from five down to one, right? Dorsey. It comes down to Dorsey. And I stand by it when I say this. I'm with Dorsey. I ride for Dorsey. One year is just not enough for you to make a decision and say, you know what, that ain't our guy. You out of here. I know they did it with Rico Dennison, Rick Dennison, when he was when he was with the uh, um, with uh, with the Bills. But to me, that was just a transition just to get a guy that has that was McDermott's guy to bring in a guy that, that's a veteran guy that's been in the league and and kind of, you know what I mean, show some things. But they didn't really want him there. He was just a bridge to what they really wanted. And that's when they went and got Dable. And then Dable was there for four years. And then, damn, boom, Dable gets himself a head coaching job. But 
Here's the deal. Dorsey, I ride with Dorsey. Why? Because second chances matter. Second opportunities matter. And with Dorsey having a moment to sit, having a moment to read our bullshit, fans getting on his ass to talk about fire Dorsey. He has he lacks creativity and he didn't do enough for us to a lot of those things they're merited. You you can definitely have that opinion because a lot of it is true, right? We did lack creativity. We did not know what to do with personnel. Why didn't we use certain players at certain times? And why didn't you scheme this player to do this and that and so on and so forth? Or there's a lot of whys. Why didn't you do this? And how come you couldn't do this? And why aren't we doing the? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of questions. So hopefully Dorsey is sitting here taking the notes. He's going, okay, why didn't I do this? Cool. Yeah, I'm taking notes. And I'm. And when you watch, you know what I'm saying, the Bengals, the way they scheme their players open. You watch the Chiefs. You watch the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? You watch the way the 49ers came in Shanahan. You can learn from these guys. You can learn from these guys, man. So, like, second year, I'm looking very much forward to seeing how that, how he does. And a lot, it's not, it's not a popular opinion. It isn't. I know because people are very emotional as Bills fans. And the way we ended our season was horrible, scoring only 10 points against the Bengals. I get it. I'm just as pissed as you guys. Right. We are a better freaking team than what we displayed against the Bengals. But the defensive coordinator ate Dorsey's lunch. Dorsey had no counter. He was just he was just getting jabbed all freaking game. Jab, jab, counter, jab, jab, haymaker, counter, jab. And there was nothing. This boy was just getting punched in the face. The whole coaching staff was getting punched in the face. So I hope that he learned from this L because it's a big one. And I believe that Ken Dorsey is going to come back and get his act together. And. A lot of people are like, well, you can look, look at guys like Andy Reid. Well, listen, folks. And Joe Marino made this comment, but I saw this comment from a thread um, talking about the, the Chiefs, and uh, there was a Bills fan that was in there, and somebody made a comment. But anyway, the point was, you've got 24 years of experience. you got 24 years of trying this and trying that and seeing what type of player works for your scheme and seeing the type of player. You've gone through so many different players to realize what kind of player do you need for this scheme, for this offense, and you've honed in the type of player that you want. So, like, you have an Andy Reid that does that. Eric Bieniemy has been with Andy Reid for, like, four years, six years now, I think, right? And in the six years they've been together, they've, they've gone to five straight AFC championships. Like, fam. So, to expect Dorsey to have that success and be creative like these guys, this is a first-year play caller. He's gonna He's got to see some things, right? Now, are we going to be holding his feet to the fire this offseason? You damn right we will. You got too good of a quarterback. You got too good of an elite receiver in, in Diggs. You got an up-and-coming tight end in Dawson Knox. You don't got a bum. He ain't no bum. You know what I'm saying? So you got to, you got to, all eyes are going to be on you. And you have all offseason to figure things out and, and put this thing together. I know people fire Dorsey, get rid of him, and I get it. It's very sexy to say that and say, Bring on the enemy. Nobody wants the enemy. We'll fire McDermott. Excuse me, fire Dorsey and bring him on. Now, hear me out. I ain't losing sleep if for some reason McDermott is like, you know what, Dorsey, you're out. The enemy, you're in. I ain't losing any sleep. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that dude knows what he's doing. I'm not losing any sleep. But a lot of things could be worse. You go out there and you fire Dorsey and you go and bring on, you know what I'm saying? If Dorsey's not available, who are you bringing on? You know what I'm saying? You're going to go to the collegiate level? You could. I don't know anybody. I don't know any of the names in collegi collegially, but I'm just saying, 
you have you have a an offensive corner that's going to learn from his errors, and you hope he does because trust me, I like you am going to be on his ass just as much. You know what I'm saying? And I think Bean is going to be the same way, and so is McDermott. Trust and believe that. So does the, the leash get a little tighter? Who knows, right? So for me, Dorsey, I'm Dor- I'm I don't say I'm endorsing him, but I'm I'm on board with him coming back second year so he can learn from his errors. And then maybe hone in on certain things, man. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have that. Maybe this is the way I'm going to coach even better. And let's go. I'm with that. Let's roll with that. Right. That's number four. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Five. Number four. The utilization of the tight end, I'd like to see more of that. I know we, we may, we've made some attempts to get, I mean, uh, Dawson Knox involved, but I think that we can get a little more creative in getting him involved. I think we can, and I know we have the ability to, the ability to do that. I know we, we tried to showcase him in that Bengals game, but maybe that, it just, they were all over it. That DC just, just had everything. He was all over it, so it just wasn't enough, but... We have enough athletic ability out of Dawson Knox that we can utilize him like a Travis Kelsey. We can utilize him like a like a Goddard for crying out loud, or Schultz, or any of these 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 fly tight ends that are out there. He's a nice blocker. He can get in and block. He can get downfield, and he, he the drops have dissipated. They're not they're not as plentiful as they were years back. So he's a guy that you can you can definitely you know what I'm saying groom and and get him to be. I like a Travis Kelsey like, and I'm using Travis Kelsey because he's the best in the game. And we have one that is, that can do the job. I don't think he's, I think he's above mediocre. I think I saw a comment saying that Knox is mediocre. I think he's above me- mediocre because he's got the ability. He's got the ability. Does he have it? Like he's that guy? No, but he could, he could be, he could be pretty damn solid. He could be pretty damn solid. Like I can't, he's, he could be just as good as George Kittle. I might be, I might be, I might be overstepping myself a little bit. But he could be just as good as George Kittle. George Kittle, nice though. There's a little bit of there's a dog in George Kittle, but Dawson Knox can't have that dog too. We've seen it. You just gotta unleash it. You gotta unleash it. So Knox can be that dude. It's just that you gotta get a, a coordinator that can scheme him in positions where he's just lethal, right? So we'll see. We'll see how this this offseason plays off because it's gonna be a big one. Uh, but I'd like to see more utilization out of Dorsey because at the end of the day, what ends up happening is you have a guy like Stefan Diggs. That gets doubled and triple teamed. Who's next? It should be your 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 security blanket. It should be your security blanket in Dawson Knox that could really do work. So we got to find ways, you know, what I'm saying to get him involved and get him going, right? So that's the one thing I noticed because I'm looking at Travis. I'm looking at Goddard, sixty six receptions, sixty yards, and they're they, and they put him in positions where they can trust him. And you saw that with Dawson Knox late stretch in the season. 
He was getting he was getting in the in the end zone and doing really good work. So I'd like to see I'd like to see uh, more utilization from my man Dawson Knox. Right. Another thing too, what I noticed in this game, watching this game, the lack lack of penalties. And I bring this up because nine penalties in all, and there are some moments where we we just shot ourselves in the foot with penalties, holding, right, illegal formation. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, freaking blocking, you mean chop block, you know what I'm saying? Like there was just, just dumb things that we would do. We just need to clean up. And I noticed that when you start getting into big games like this, you didn't really see any of those mistakes, right? These guys were disciplined. They're ready to roll. So we, we just got to be better in that regard. We really do, man. Um, my man, Scott Blakely says, yo, listen, F all that culture talk, get some mean mother effers in this, in this game and in on this team and let's roll. And I think a lot of that is going to come to, it's going to come to fruition because my man, Bobby Ray answered a question. So like, I think it was a question was like, what is it that your team, the bills needs to do or that, that you feel that they lack. And Bobby straight up said, we're soft. We're soft. We don't have a mean streak. We don't have that mean streak. We have nobody on that team. That's a mean, that's a mean mug. I mean, if you really thought, talk about it, the biggest dog on the squad, maybe Jordan Poirier and Jordan Poirier probably not going to be on the squad this year. So then we lack that toughness. We lack that grittiness on this defense. So hopefully we can you know, get a player or two that bring that, that nasty touch to our defense. We just don't have it, right? We just don't have that. Now, Milano, I could say that, you, you know I mean, that boy kid, he's a silent he's a silent hitter. That boy's a hitter. He's a silent one, though. He's not a rah-rah type of guy. But, like, we need some, we need some dogs on the squad, man. We do. We do need some dogs. So soft. We're, a little, we're a little soft. We need to get a little tough. A little tough, right? So discipline was one thing that I noticed. We just, we just do some dumb shit offsides, you know, encroachment, holding penalties, the amount of defensive holding penalties that we got, yo, cut it out, man. We got to, we got to be more disciplined. We got to, we have to trust our abilities. You know what I'm saying? And get the guys that trust their abilities. If you guys, you guys, you have guys that are shook, that don't trust their speed, that don't, don't trust their feet. And they're sitting here, they straight, they stay holding. Yo, they, they got to go. They got to go. You know what I'm saying? We need guys that are disciplined, that know what the hell they're doing and they trust their damn abilities. That's the way that's the way I look at it, right? So um, but that that's what stood out to me, the discipline part, right? Number two, poised. And that 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 relates right to the quarterback position. And this is no hate on 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 Josh Allen. But looking at the two quarterbacks that played in this this Super Bowl, right? And poise comes with being calm in the pocket, no jitterness, and making the right freaking decisions. If you look at both teams, both quarterbacks in this, not one of them threw an interception. Not one of them threw an interception. There was an unfortunate fumbles that, I mean, that that uh, Jalen Hurts went through. But, I mean, you saw what it was. The ball slips out of his hands. He's trying to make a play, and away it goes, right? But not one of those guys made an awful throw that put their posi- their team in position to, you know, say, to give the ball up, right? They, they, they didn't give the ball away. And this is where Josh Allen is going to have to freaking clean that up. I don't care what anybody tries to tell me. Well, he's trying to make a Yeah, he is. But you know what? These guys are trying to make a play too to win the fucking Super Bowl. And none of them threw an interception. None of them gave the ball away and gave it back to the other team. Right? They made the right decision. And, it's, and it comes down to decision making. When it comes down, like you saw with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was proper decision making. He made great, solid decisions. along the, And he didn't panic. Right? He didn't try to 
do too much. If if it wasn't there, he threw it away. You know what I'm saying? Or he made the right play, right? He didn't try to go with the hero ball and all that stuff. And that's what Josh Allen will do sometimes, where he decides to put everything on his shoulders, where he's got to take off or he's making a throw that you're like, ooh, that's tight. And then boom, it gets, it gets picked off, right? So poise. There was, there was, there was not a there was a panic, right? In this. So to me, that's the one thing that I want to see from Josh is a little more poise. And and that's gonna come with help on the offensive line. And that's the that's the biggest takeaway for me. And that's number one, right? And they're tying together. Brandon Bean and this freaking offensive line. If you look at what the Eagles, Eagles have what 60 plus sacks this year. 60 plus sacks. The most, I think the most ever. I think it was the most ever. I think 66 sacks this year. The most ever. And they go up against a solid old line in Kansas City. Excuse me, the Eagles had 66 uh, sacks. And they go up against the Chiefs with a very good old line. Wiley on the white, on the right tackle side. Orlando Brown on the left. You got Tooney on that side. They got solid. Like you got freaking uh, to- Tooney, I think his name is. And you got uh, Reed, uh, you got Humphrey, Creed Humphrey. That's a solid freaking line, right? And you have Hassan Reddick coming at you. You got Brandon Graham coming at you. You have Fletcher Cox coming at you. You got a whole whack of players coming at your ass, and you give up zero sacks. Zero sacks. And that ties in, right? Josh, you give him time, he will dot you up. But when you have a turnstile in Spencer Brown, you have Ryan Bates that's just a mediocre guard. He's a mediocre player. He's he's good enough to play all position, but he, he ain't no star. You know what I'm saying? And I like and I like Bates. I think Bates earned himself a contract to stay on the team, maybe as our swing, you know what I'm saying, guard slash tackle, but like to input him as a starter, he's a he's just an average starter. Average, right? And then you have our center, Mitch Morris, is one of the better centers in the league, right? But obviously he's got the concussion issue. So who knows what his future will hold with us, right? So then you have left tackle, excuse me, left guard in Roger Saffold that was some some garbage this year, right? It was all, it was, the hype was more in his name than his actual play this year, real talk. And then you got Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins is the only, the only one that you could really rely on and count on. And even him, he didn't, he didn't have a good year. It was a down year for him. So we have to absolutely fix this O-line. If that was the one takeaway I could take from this is the O-line. Spencer Brown is not the answer. And then when you start, and, they're, and I hear, well, maybe we might move Spencer Brown inside. The minute they start moving your ass all over the place, it's wrap. Look what they did to, to Cody Ford. Cody Ford starts at right tackle, and he ain't that guy. Let's move him inside. And then they moved him all over the place to right guard, to left guard, to right tackle. And now he's all, man, you're, you, when you, the minute you start saying he ain't cutting it, we got to move him around, it's over with. Yeah, but Rico, they did that with Deion Dawkins early. Deion Dawkins, sometimes the, the move is to start potentially inside, and then you can move outside because you've earned your, you earned your way. You know what I'm saying? You kind of know the nuances of the game. But they move from 44 from right tackle where he plays right tackle and move him to left. And then right again, yo, you start moving these guys all over the place, it's a wrap. So Spencer Brown, in my honest opinion, ain't it. He ain't the answer. Oh, he's going through some injuries. Don't give a damn. I saw what I needed to see. Trust me. If you put 
could you could you honestly see Hassan Reddick going up against Spencer Brown and how much he would have ate? He would have ate that young man's lunch all game long. He would have ate that young man's lunch all game long. It would have been a it would have been a long day for Josh Allen. I'm gonna tell you right now. It would have been a long game for our offensive line if we were going up against the Eagles. <laughs> I can't I can't stress that enough, man. And that that in that in line puts Josh Allen scrambling and putting, you know what I'm saying, rushing a throw because he's you got a, a freaking left and barreling down on you. You gotta move out the pocket. You gotta do a whole bunch of sh- a whole bunch of gymnastics in the pocket to try to get out there. Well, if we get better damn linemen, it helps. So this is where Brandon B needs to come in. And you know what I'm saying? Listen, reevaluate that line. Let's look at it. Let's talk about it. And if you really be honest, left tackle and maybe the center is the only thing that's looking good for us right now. Mitch Morse at center gives 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 obviously it gives veteran ability. It gives it gives you experience i've seen this look i've seen that and you, you know i mean you have a veteran guy that can kind of teach whoever else is coming in but right now we need three linemen straight up we need three linemen and we you know potentially the fourth because we need someone that's going to back up our center because we don't know the next hit if it's it if that's the work if that's it right so to me that's what it comes down to amicus is saying morch is hor- morse is horrible that's why I say you need to, you also need to, but if you, let me put it this way. If it, Deion Dawkins is your only guy that you, you sitting here saying like is, is all right. And more horrible. Then we, we obviously, we need to obviously, and I'm, I'm saying we're addressing the line, but he gives you the veteran ability. He gives you experience. I mean, he was at one point in this game, one of the best centers. He didn't let a single sack happen, a single sack happen for like a year or two or something like that. Right. But keep this in mind as well. Morse was horrible. But look who Morse was fucking playing next to. He's playing next to a turnstile in Saffold, and he's playing next to Ryan Bates. So, like, can you really do your job when you're snapping and then having to kind of look to your left to see, is he okay? Shit, is he okay? Isn't it, wouldn't it be nice to just do your job and not have to really, I mean, worry about too much about your guy? You know, I know he's got his guy. I know he's got his guy. And if I need to support and double team, I will. But I can't, you know what I mean, as a center, that's a lot of responsibility. So you can't be babysitting this guy and babysitting that guy. So to say, like, Morse is horrible, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree. I like Morse. It's just that the problem that we have with Morse is the concussions. I think he's at, like, six, six or seven or something like that. And that's entirely too high. But, I mean, and, you, and that's a position that you have contact every single play. So it's, it's just a matter of time. So we need that depth piece. That can, if something were to happen, you gotta have you gotta have your backup. But to me, what I take away from the, the biggest takeaway and the biggest thing that I learned is that man, we need to address the trench. We need to address the offensive line heavily, heavily, and all stones must be turned. All stones. It's just not cutting it. What you can't come back and give us the same shit. And Spencer Brown's gonna be right tackle. Deion Dawkins obviously is gonna be left, and then. Uh, we're gonna. Ike Bucker came back, so he's gonna he's gonna man the left side. Man, bump that. I'm not trying to see Ike Bucker back at left guard. I ain't trying to see you know what I'm saying any of this other mess, man. Go ahead. You got if you got to spend some coin, you got to do it because there's some restructures that can be done. You can restructure your quarterback if you need to. You can restructure you know what I'm saying your linebacker if you need to. There's some there's some 
there's some play you can restructure your defensive end that you just paid a whole lot of money to. And I know there's a lot of room that you can restructure. There is some money to be had and some money to be to be to be moved around in order for you to secure an offensive line for your quarterback. Protect your asset. Protect, you know what I'm saying, your investment. You invested heavily in your quarterback, a quarter billion dollar guy. You got to put an offensive line that's going to protect him. You can't have this guy running for his damn life all day. Spencer Brown is a fucking liability for crying out loud, man. So we'll see. We'll see how that, how this all plays out. I know a lot of you, a lot of you guys might disagree and say, hey, man, Mitch Morse is trash. Everybody's trash. Not everybody can be trash. And you can't just sit here and take the money in and just, you know I mean, revamp the whole line. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep some pieces. I mean, this is this is the NFL, babe. This ain't man. But you got to keep it a buck at the same time. And being beans, look at this team and looking at, all right, what were our issues here? All right, we obviously need some help at corner. So we're gonna we're gonna address that. But we kind of addressed it a little bit. So we're hoping that Trey White comes back to his normal self, which I think I don't think it's gonna happen. I personally think that we've seen the best of Trey White, and that that's just me. That's my opinion. I I hope I'm so wrong in that regard elam has to take a step up he's gonna have to he's got no choice he's gonna have to and and then uh, obviously we're gonna have to do something and find figure out what we do at safety i do not think jordan poirier is coming back i don't think he's coming back i think he's out he's looking elsewhere he's gonna probably he's probably gonna go to florida he might go to dallas who knows where he's out he is gone he ain't coming back and if he comes back i'll be shocked I'll be absolutely shocked, but in my mind, I've already, I've already excluded him from the squad, right? So who do you pair with Micah Hyde? Is it going to be Hyde and Hamlin? Is Hamlin going to be ready to play? They say he's ready. He can go back to playing 100% of football. Who knows? Jaquan Johnson, obviously, they tried his ass. He's out. Are they going to try Benford's hand? Is it going to be a Benford-Hyde combination? If that was the case, they should have put his ass early and started putting him in that position during the season. So he's he's ready to go to jump in this offseason. So now you got to restart him and retrain him in that position. So we'll see how that plays out, right? But <laughs> Roy, Roy Collins says, yo, Jordan Poirier is done with the shoveling. Yeah, he's probably done shoveling for real. Uh, but yeah, man, we this listen, we if we learn anything from the Super Bowl, is that we a we have a good team. We didn't we didn't go 13 and 3 by accident. We certainly did not. Um and Stefan Diggs was was on radio and he was on Radio Row and making, you know what I'm saying, and making his appearances and and he was speaking some facts, man. A lot of people are good. A lot of people are really good with, you know what I mean, losing. And I mean, I can't say I'm paraphrasing here. If you if you're good with losing, then you're a loser. Pretty much what he's saying. Like I ain't good with losing, and and I'm not gonna not talk about it. And that's what I appreciate about Stefan Diggs, because a lot of times these Bills fans they finish the season and it's mum. They don't say a freaking word until the next season, right? And we try to revamp things up and championship caliber. Well, let's talk about the fucking mistakes we made in the year. What the hell happened? And Diggs is still trying to figure out what the fuck happened to us in this game like how do you not go to me on fourth down how do you not single how do you not make and that's that's not that's not a a, a slight to josh allen i can tell you that right now you know what i'm saying that's a slight to coordinator in in freaking uh dorsey you gotta figure it out 
You know what I'm saying? I get, I do, I put too much freaking work all off season for me to go out like a bum ass team against the Bengals. Nah, you got to fix that. So figure it out. You need to put me in the slot. You need to do some trickery shit. You need to, you know what I'm saying? Get, get freaking creative, my guy. And when he came and said, hey, man, when I look at the, the Chiefs, man, creative offensive coordinator, you think that's, he said that by accident? Heck no, he didn't. He said that shit on purpose. So that, that shit could ring right all the way up to Dorsey's ears, right, up, right all the way up to, to McDermott. He didn't say that by accident. So now, does it have a lot to do with Josh Allen too? Heck yeah, that does. Hey, trust your effing receiver. Trust your effing receiver. I don't give a damn if I'm double teamed. Throw it to me. Did you see? Did you not see the Jalen Hurts? Brown, AJ Brown runs on the sideline. He put the ball up for AJ Brown. Yo, go get it. Go get it. There was a say it wasn't a double team per se, but the safety was still over top. But AJ Brown still came out on top and made that play because you trust your number one receiver. Joe Burrow, fourth and six. Fourth and six. He's got to make a play. Who does he go to? He goes to his main man. He goes to his main man. I think I even have the play here. Hold on. Let me see if I can find the play for you guys. He goes to his main man. Dude, this is aggressive. Uh, this is aggressive. This is what you called it. Here's the pass down the field. And look at the catch. Leaping into the air and coming down with it. In double coverage is Jamar Chase on fourth and six for 35 yards. This is fourth down. You got I don't care if I'm double teamed. I'm that guy. That's what Joe Burrow pretty much answered to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is like, yo, they can't handle me. They can't touch me. Double team me, triple team me. I'm that guy. I will run routes around, around these guys. Just throw it up. I'll get it. That's what Diggs is pretty much trying to portray to my man, to my man Josh Allen. I don't care if I'm double teamed or not, fam. I'm your number one receiver. If we die on this field, at least we die going at each other, and you can, you can trust me. You can trust me. Number one receiver. Double team, I don't care. I'm a number one guy. You don't think Devontae Adams gets double teamed? Man, throw that ball up to me, man. I'll make a play. So those are the things that they, these guys are going to have to work on themselves. But... You got to call the right fucking call. You got to call the right. You got to scheme my guy in the right position so you can put him up against the right person. You got you got guys like Taylor Britt talking about, yo, I locked his ass up. I made him, I mean, I, talking big shit. Like, come on, Justin son. Jefferson, Cooper Cup, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Debo Samuel. Y'all are facing all of them next year. I like Who that. you want? Who you want, Taylor Britt? Lamar, it doesn't matter. Uh, I love following the top guy. Uh, that was one thing that we did when we played the Bills. Uh, so I followed Stefan. That was the first game that, you know, they trusted me to, you know, actually, you know, and follow a guy wherever he was on the field. You know, once he hit the slot, you know, I didn't get a chance to guard him then. But, you know, if he switched sides, you know, I wanted the best guy on the field. Uh, and I, I want to continue to do that. So all the guys that you name, I plan to guard all of them. I'm excited to guard them as well. Stefan, Stefan out there talking to you in that snow. What was Stefan like? Stefan, he'll talk. He was, he was talking more crying, but than anything. But you know, <laughs> it was alright.
You cannot let these rookies come in and talk shit like that to a veteran receiver. No wonder I'm, I'll be pissed too. You letting these suckers talk to me like that? Like he was more crying? Man, I'd be vexed. I'd be mad as F. So let me tell you something. No wonder he was like, yo, you mean to tell me Taylor Britt is, is handling me? Are you motherfucking nuts? Nah, man, yo, find me. Find me. Stop with this, stop with this whole, yo, find me. I'm your guy. I just showed you. I just showed you. Look at, yo, my man, fourth and six. Joe Burrow's like, yo, I'll find my guy. And he's going to make a play. If he doesn't make a play, at least I went for my guy. You feel me? Like, yo, it's the, it's the NFL, man. It's the NFL. You got to make shit happen. But you, I'll be damned that you got Taylor Britt, a rookie, talking shit like he was more crying, if anything. Boy, man, if I, if, <laughs> I understand why Stefan Diz is pissed. I do. And this is another thing. This is a, I put I played that video and I saved it from a couple weeks back because it's a double whammy video. Because you hear you go, you have a rookie, Taylor Britt. And he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Taylor Britt is a good player. And he's going to be a good player for a long time in this game. You got him talking about, yo, I will follow. I'm, I was following the top receiver. I wanted the top receiver. Right? And you have a coordinator that says, yo, go get him. I like it. Go get him. And then on our side, we have a defensive coordinator, a head coach that is sitting here babysitting our rookies, just straight babysitting. You got a bib on his ass. You got him with a bottle and a binky and all that shit, man. Take that. These are grown ass men. They need to find out what the fuck is going on. You got <laughs> like, knock it off, man. I'm yo, we're done with this shit, man. Knock it off. Let these players play. And that's another damn thing that I noticed. Look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs let these, these boys, Pacheco, on their rookie guy, rookie on the field. You think they give a damn? Can you ball or not? And he's on the field. Yo, this team has some, some shit to talk. They got some things to worry. They got some things to, to, to fix this offseason. Are they big fixes? No. It's about trusting your freaking guys, man. Trust them that they're going to make the play. Trust them that they're going to learn from their mistakes because they will make mistakes, but they will learn from it. But when you just you coddle them and leave them on the sideline, deactivate them, and just, I'm going to put the veteran guy. Man, please, man. I, I, ain't, I ain't about that. I ain't about that. Let these boys play. So I, I, I better see Elam on that damn field 100%. It's got to be 24 and 27 next year, and that's it. And if you feel that, you know what I'm saying? He ain't the guy, then you go get yourself another one. But it's too soon. And he and when he was on the field, did he have some blunders? Of course he did. But he also made some plays. But you're going to still coddle him and give him a blanket and a binky? Man, stop that shit, man. Enough of that nonsense. Let these boys play. These are grown-ass men. Let these boys play. Shit, anyway. So let me just, let me just sum this all up. Let me sum this all up by saying this. At the end of the day, it's about development. It's about getting the right pieces, the right pieces and the right players on the field. And Brandon, and Brandon Bean owes it. Brandon Bean, Brandon Bean absolutely owes it to Josh Allen to fix that O-line. You're going to hurt some feelings, but who gives a damn? These are grown-ass men. You gave Spencer Brown an opportunity twice. Rookie year, he he did some playing. We get it. You're gonna have some. You're gonna have some faults. Get that part, right? And it's funny they let they let Spencer Brown play. 
They let him, they, they, they felt that he was good enough to play and they let this boy play, gain some experience, right? You go to freaking second, second year, no difference. Look the damn same. The damn same. All right, fam. All right, we've seen. We've seen what he can do. A freaking liability in the past. He would have got his lunch eight versus the Eagles if we play the Eagles. I'm going to tell you that right now. Josh would have been running for his life. So we have things to do. Fix the freaking old line, the trenches. You got to fix that. As for the defense, and we're going to get into, uh, I don't want to get too, too much into it because uh, we, I have a series that we're going to start. You know, you guys, if you guys have been watching for a long time, P.O.P., is this player part of the problem or is he part of the process? You guys already know what it is. We go through every position group. Um, and obviously, we're going to start off with the quarterback and running back room. Are they part of the problem or are they part of the process? I, I talk about it and we find out if they're going to be part of the process. That means they remain on the team and they're going to be productive. Or are they part of the problem? At one point, we're going to cut this guy and he's going to be out of here. Or if he stays, Will he be a problem or will he turn into a process player? So I have a series that I've been doing where I think this has been, this is going to be the fourth year round, fourth year now doing it. So, or third year. So problem or process coming up. So uh, keep that in mind. And uh, we're going to start that going and then uh, we'll go from there. But folks, the season is officially concluded. We have a Super Bowl champ. Pat Mahomes now has two freaking Super Bowls. And now it makes it very difficult <laughs> for Josh Allen to get his freaking to get up there and at least have one and one, right? At least they can go one and one and be like, but right now it's 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 let's keep it a buck, man. Pat Mahomes has run away with this thing, man. He is running away with this as the number one quarterback in this game, and then it's a drop off. It's not like it's Pat Mahomes and it is no no no. Pat Mahomes is up there, bro. And, and that's that's exactly what it is. He's that dude. He is that dude. How long does that do? And then it's everybody else battling for it. For me, top four quarterbacks, it goes Pat Mahomes in no particular order, but Pat Mahomes is number one. And then it's just muddied at the bottom with Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and, and Jalen Hurts. Those are, your, those are your top four. And then it, be, it can tail off with Herbert. And I love Lamar Jackson. He's going to have to prove himself this year. Um, and a slew of some. Trevor Lawrence is coming up. He's doing some good things. He looked really good. And uh, we'll see what Deshaun Watson does. Deshaun Watson looked not great this off this this year, but obviously he didn't even play all offseason. No offseason, no nothing. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But anyway, nonetheless, there's going to be some big things happening this offseason. This offseason is going to be a big offseason for the Bills, big offseason for Brandon Bean, big offseason for the coordinators. We just lost we just lost Chad Hall uh, as a receipt as a receiving coach to the Jaguars. So, so some coaches are making some moves, man. Some coaches are making some moves. So we got we to gotta figure things out. Figure things out and get going, right? Uh, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. By the way, and before I get out of here, um, I don't know if you guys saw the squabble happening online. Grown men bickering online. You got, so Juju Smith-Schuster put a Valentine's that says, hey, man, uh, something about um, holding, your, holding your loved ones close. Like, and obviously, and he put a picture of uh, James Bradbury. It's funny. That's actually, that's actually pretty good. That's a good roast. AJ Brown comes in, man. And now AJ Brown took it too far. He took it personally. He says, hey, you are nearly out of the league. Well, relax. <laughs> or settle down, right? You are nearly out of the league. And now you're talking big-ish because whatever. Yo, congratulations, but yo, keep your mouth shut type of shit, right? He grown men bickering back and forth. AJ Brown went too personal. Talk about, yo, you were nearly out of the league. Bro, just... Just 
it's a it's a nice roast. You ain't gotta go that you didn't gotta go that far. I mean, talk about the game. Talk about what happened in the game. They'll talk about like what could have happened or all that stuff. Anyway, so then who else came in? I think uh Gardner Johnson comes in and was like, yo, I think I have more interceptions than <laughs> Juju has touchdowns this year, right? So now there's a whole bunch of roasting going on online. I'm like, come on, Seth, you guys are you guys are being petty. But that's Twitter for you. You know what I'm saying? Get tough behind that keyboard, you know what I'm saying? And and they they probably work out with each other in the offseason. <laughs> that's usually how it works out. But anyway, we shall see. So we'll we'll talk about it. Uh we'll go about it. We'll talk about the uh next show. We'll probably talk about the uh top five free agents at each position and uh what works for us and what what potential player could we see coming to the team, whether it's a big deal or a cheap deal, or what what could work uh with this team. So uh, keep that in mind, and um, and uh, we got a, a few things coming this this year to you guys. Uh, we'll be having shows where it's going to be merged between myself, uh, my man Zbot, my man Rev, my man Pierre is going to be in the building, and uh, we might try to get our guy Bobby. That never, when I say never, I'm talking about never shows up uh, to these things. So we might we might do a whole barbershop. We kind of, and it's not one of those typical like shows like this where we just talk about all random type of conversations, and y'all can be part of it. It's going to be dope, man. We get to really chop it up, no holds barred, and let it all loose. And uh, and trust me, in the group chat, there's a lot of differing opinions. So we get to bring those different opinions onto the screen. So um, hope you guys are tuned in for that. Don't uh, listen, man. Put your notifications on. If you have not put your notifications on, put your notifications on. Let us uh, let us remind you that we are going to be back on screen and um, and we're going to get our, our app going up again. So if you guys want to see what it's going to take, who, who to draft and who to get into, uh, our BF Network app, go ahead and download that. And uh, it's going to be up and running again. And uh, we're going to get things popping again. So, folks, thank you guys for tuning in. Super Bowl done. Chiefs are champions. And uh, they are the the example. They are the example of, you know, saying what a team is supposed to look like and how you're supposed to win. And you saw it. It's right there, playing in front of your face. That's two Super Bowls in five years. They've gone to the Super Bowl three times. We got some catching up to do. We got a lot of work to do, right? Starts in the trenches. You know what I mean? It starts with getting a dog mentality. And obviously, coaching's got to be better because it comes down to coaching at the end of the day. You got to make the right decisions. You got to make the right personnel decisions. It's a whole lot that play into, into this whole thing. But I'm confident that this team is going to be nice. I'm a Bills fan through and through. That's just the way it is, man. It's never, never going to stop, man. I know that we all believe that. We all feel good about this team. It's just that we got some some things we got to tweak. We got some things we got to tweak, and then we'll go from there. So, folks, that's it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I think you guys uh, you guys always show love. You guys always show show come through. Smash that like before you get out of here. And uh, if there's something about the show that you loved, you know what I'm saying. Let me know. If there's things that you guys want to see this off season, something completely different. You guys know I'm always ears and ready to uh, to I mean diversify and make this thing make these things pop so uh that's it for free for me folks i, I appreciate y'all man you guys have yourself a fantastic evening and uh we will catch you guys on the flip side until next time it's your boy and i'm gone have yourself a great evening it's the buffalo fanatics it's the rico report we'll catch you guys on the flip side and peace ladies and gentlemen enjoy the evening we out of here Thank you.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 